Welcome to Hanging at the Hangar Bar. I'm Scott. I'm Candace. I'm Lariah. And I'm Lacey. Grab a drink and come hang with us at the Hangar Bar. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hangar Bar. We are super glad you are here. And I swear to God, we are not becoming a news podcast. Right? Right. There's just a lot of big stuff happening with Disney right now. Right. And Star Wars fans, you're going to be sad. Disney World fans, you're going to be ecstatic. We're going to talk about just two or three exciting things that have been announced in the last couple of weeks at Disney World that Candace and I are super excited about. We're itching to kind of get into this conversation and, and talk about these things and kind of what it means for the experience around Walt Disney World in Florida. And to be perfectly honest, I think it's safe to say that we saw all of the things that we're going to talk about today. We saw it coming. Yeah, I think over the course of even the podcast, we've probably mentioned some of these things mm-hmm. that we, this is going to be back or this is going to this is going to go away or whatever. Like, well, that's not going to work. Right. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. It, it may just take them time. <laughs> Staffing is getting back to normal. Restaurants are opening. All of this stuff's going to happen. Candace, where do we start? Today is Thursday. Yes. Today is Thursday. Yes. All day long. <laughs> yes. And Disney dropped a huge piece of news today. They did, which is going to, I don't I joke, this is going to make Star Wars fans sad. But will it? And, and and we'll talk about why. Why the will it, it came out so freely. Disney has announced that the final quote-unquote voyage of the Galactic Star Cruiser will be at the end of September of this year. Yes. Now, there's not a lot of detail surrounding this story, so we don't know if it's closing completely. We don't know if the experience is changing. We don't have a lot of information, but to kind of give a backstory of this, the Galactic Star Cruiser is the first of its kind. Um, It is an immersive hotel experience around Star Wars. It's a two-day experience where your food is included. There's lots of activities. You are free to dress up like your favorite Star Wars character, all of these things, and you go on these missions and, and do adventures and that sort of thing in this hotel that basically looks like a spaceship. Right. It's a super immersive experience. Right. It looks cooler than crap, honestly. Well, considering that crap is not really all that cool looking. Okay, I'll agree with you. <laughs> Thanks, dear. Sure. <laughs> but the thing about it is, and, and this has been an argument and a knock against this experience from the very get-go is the price. Yes. Because basically for a room and the experience for this place, you're paying an equivalent to a week aboard a Disney ship actually sailing. Right. For two days. Yeah, like for the most immersive of the experiences at the Galactic Star Cruiser, it was what, six grand for two days? Mm-hmm. So two nights, so two nights, two and a half days. Right. For six grand. Right. Now that does include all your food. It includes entry into, no, did it include entry into Hollywood Studios? 
I think it came with entry into Hollywood Studios mm-hmm. as well. Because there was a separate entrance into Galaxy's Edge, so you could stay in your immersion. Right, if you wanted to. But right. I know lots of people went and did other things in Hollywood Studios, too, because why wouldn't you? Right. But six grand for two nights. Who does Disney think Star Wars fans are? <laughs> Thank you for reframing that question. Because the way I, that you were headed, I'm like, who does Disney think they are? I'm like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> no, it's who do they think their Star Wars fan base is? Well, and okay, so we've talked that there is never, ever, ever a coincidence with Disney. Everything leads to something else. Everything is a trial run for something else. Right. Or it seems to be lately. I think, and I'm not 100% sure, I think this is a jump off for other things. Uh, yeah, I think even their announcement hinted at that something today. I, I should have pulled up the announcement so we could read it, but the basically the announcement said hey this was a big experiment we learned a lot about how to build immersive experiences for our guests and that kind of thing um i think it just it didn't work out with the 100 room concrete bunker that they built this experience into but i think it will lead to other immersive experiences around the parks and other resorts and that kind of thing as well and if anybody can do it, Disney can. Right. Because they learn very well from their mistakes and, and that kind of thing. And that's the one thing I want to call out is kudos to Disney for trying. Mm-hmm. They sunk a lot of money into this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time in development and all the things. Right. And the cast members that were a part of mm-hmm. it and all of those kind of things. Hopefully they all get to be repurposed to do other things and, and that kind of thing. But... They tried. A lot of people and a lot of companies are afraid of trying big things like that. But I think Disney will learn from it. I'm kind of interested into what they're going to use that building for. Because well, they can't turn it into a resort. They could. They would have to put in a pool. They'd have to put in different dining facilities. There, There's no amenities there. And from what I understand, the rooms are tiny. Well, yeah. But... I'm sure they're about 14 steps ahead of where everybody thinks they are. Right. And there's already development and plans and all of these things. And again, we don't know what's happening. Right. They could be just launching a new... <laughs> get it? Launch. Spaceship. <laughs> uh, they could just be launching a new iteration of the experience, but in a different way with different pricing points and different experiences. Right. We don't know. Yeah. One thing I think would be really cool, and they could do it as a limited number or, or limited experience, would be, look, if you want an immersive Star Wars experience, meet at the Galactic Star Cruiser at 7 o'clock in the morning, let's say. You spend three or $400 per person per day, and it comes with a like guided tour of galaxy's edge and that immersive experience with all the games and instead of an overnight stay it becomes a just one day kind of unique boutique experience that they can charge heck they could even do two journeys a day one in the morning one in the afternoon get five hundred dollars a day from 500 people in the morning 500 people in the afternoon and just build it out that way 
have lunch included or dinner included or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, there's so many cool things that I think they could do to drive that immersive experience that I, I think if you were to tell me, like we talked really early on in our podcast about when they were first releasing that there's no way I'd spend six grand to do it. Not at all. But you tell me I can go to Disney World and spend one day having kind of a relaxed Star Wars immersive experience for 500 bucks. I'm I'm trying to talk you into that maybe. Because I know you wouldn't just do it on your own. Oh heavens no. <laughs> but and and see this is this is part of it that I that I really have never understood even from the very beginning. I understand that the experience was supposed to be immersive and all of this and you get, you know, a secret entrance into Galaxy's Edge and this, that and the other. Once you're there though, you're among the masses. Right. There's no like special space for you to go or no special experience that you get to do if you want to do something you're going to do it with the rest of the world that are in their shorts and t-shirts and exactly that haven't paid buku bucks right to do it yeah that's why i think the boutique experience have people start at seven in the morning have one that runs from like seven to two and and one that runs from three to eleven something like that after park close so maybe those folks that want to get those immersive pictures taken with the Millennium Falcon while they're in costume without all the t-shirted people in the background. They're one of 500 people in Galaxy's Edge from yeah. 7 to 8 or or 8 to 9 or whatever and then from 10 to 11. That that alone might be worth $500 to people. It they're they're going to do something with that immersive experience. It's just not going to be a two-day $6,000 experience anymore. Right. Or it might, and they're just doing something else. Rebranding I mean, it. it. Yeah, yeah, something. But anyway, that's big news. That is that is huge news. So we'll... Because they haven't even been open for two years. Right. That was quick. Yeah. Like, but you know what? I, I think, and especially after COVID, I think that was a huge lesson for Disney. They don't have time to wait around and see what sticks and what doesn't anymore. If something doesn't stick immediately, they've got to figure out what's going to make it stick. Right. Change it or kill it. Yeah. I And I think any business, like they gave it, what, September will in, be close to two years, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They gave it. They gave it everything they could. They gave it the run. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure that if you were to go back and look at the original project plan for that, it included a two-year window to test. Mm-hmm. Like, look, we'll we'll be willing to to drop what building that hotel probably cost them a million dollars at the very least. So, well, my point is that they they said we're willing to spend X amount of dollars on a two-year trial run, mm-hmm. and then see what happens. Mm-hmm. And you know somebody, some manager somewhere in Disney's like, okay, we have to build this in a way that if it doesn't work, we can repurpose it. And that's just good sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, so they will, they'll be doing something with, with that experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think that's that's huge news. That's fresh breaking news. Da-na-na, da-na-na. Wow. Oh, that was more sports center. Sorry. I may have to see if I can find different news. But it was ESPN, so, right? Yeah, it was ESPN. Well, it's yeah. it's on brand. You're it is fine. on. Okay, we'll leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for pumping me up. You're and, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's the next big news item you want to talk about? 
Well, I am super de duper de duper excited about actually the next two things we're going to talk about, which yeah. is everything. Um, but this next thing I'm so pumped about, and we have been waiting for this. Y'all, the dining plan is coming back. Yay! Yay! Again, we don't have a ton of detail because this is like recently hatched information. We do know that it looks like they've done away with the deluxe dining plan, which I think is the right move in all of the directions possible, both from a cost perspective to the amount of food perspective um, and just a waste perspective. Yes. Overall, it's too much. I don't care who you are. It's too much. Yes, I would agree. And this is going to be a complete squirrel moment, Candace. Yeah. And since the deluxe dining plan is going away, it probably doesn't really matter. But I was talking to a Disney friend at work and they were taught, we were talking about the dining plan coming back and she mentioned that the way they used to use the deluxe dining plan is if they were split, they went with a big group and they were split into two rooms. One room would get the deluxe dining plan. One room would get the the next level down of the dining plan. And when they would go to signature dining that you got something extra, they would use the deluxe dining plan credits, but they would use the one down for any of their character dining or experiences where you didn't get anything extra like a dessert or appetizers or whatever, if it's just like the pre-fee. And I'm like, that is so smart. Mm -hmm. That saves you money Mm -hmm. because you can use your credits however you want to use them. Mm -hmm. So they would... They would just build it out in such a way that it, it would, they'd maximize their value that way. Mm-hmm. And you I'd, still get all the things. Yeah, you still get all the things. So I, sorry, that was a squirrel moment, but I'm like, that's good. That's just good planning advice mm-hmm. on saving X amount of dollars. So the other thing that I think the dining plan coming back brings is how long before they bring back free dining? I wouldn't be a bit surprised if what we don't see that release again next fall. Yeah. Not this coming fall, but 2024. Yeah, I would agree. That was our best. That That's my best hack for using the dining plan is go during those free dining promotions. But be careful. Because most of the time, like they've it, the past few years that they've had the dining plan, they've sort of leveled it. So you're actually spending more than you normally probably would on a hotel in order to get it. Right. But still, it's worth it, especially if you're a foodie and you don't want to have to plan extra money for your food. Just do it. Yeah, for sure. So the I, I know you probably know this, but they're bringing back two levels of the dining plan, mm-hmm. which are, do you know how like the base dining plan works? Is it like one sit down or is it just all like quick service credits? No. So they have the quick service dining plan, which is level one. And that is basically three quick service, no, two quick service meals a day, two snack credits. Okay. This is what it used to be. We don't know what the new is going to be. We haven't heard. They haven't ruled that out. Okay. Level two is what was called the Disney dining plan. And that was one table service, one quick service, and two snacks. Okay. Which, that sounds about right to me. Mm-hmm. 
Because some of the snacks you can get... Very shareable. ...are quick service meals. Yes. For most normal humans. Yes. So I think if when we go back and, and use that dining plan, that's probably the one that we'll get. So we have those table service credits if we want them. Mm-hmm. How does that play into those signature dining moments like those places that take two credits do we have any idea or any thought as to how they're going to handle that if they don't have the deluxe dining plan that sort of gave you the opportunity to not use up all your credits but still get get into some of those fancy places well the thing about it is is that there's the the credits that you're given are not assigned per day like you they don't limit you to x amount of credits per day it's this is a chunk of credits that you get and you use them how you want so if you're going to those signature experiences that take more than one table service credit you're going to spend it but then you're going to have to either budget some additional money for additional dining or rely on snacks for your meals okay and are we okay with that yes okay because it's hard for me to wrap my head around a dining plan that doesn't let you do all the dining that you want to do. And I, that's just me being fussy and bougie. <laughs> <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, if I'm buying the dining plan, why do I have to budget for more food? It's all in how you spend it. Right. Honestly. Yeah. Because we've even talked about maybe just doing the quick service one. Because quite honestly, like you said, portions are big enough that people can share right do you have to get the dining plan for your entire stay yes okay because i was thinking if you do like the quick service dining plan and say okay the majority of our meals we're gonna eat quick service but and then we'll pay for those sit-down restaurants out of our pocket like could you just pay for quick service for four of the six days and then pay out of your pocket for the other two no Okay. But, I mean, you always have the option to pay for a meal. Right. Yeah, that's very true. Okay. Dining plan coming back. That's super exciting. Yay. Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser closing. That's Yay. S- oh, sorry. <laughs> that's sad for Star Wars fans. What's the third? But is it? Let's go back to that for a minute because I said that before. Yeah. But is it? Like, I understand that. I mean, just like everything else, there are people that are like hardcore, I don't care what it costs. I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm going to this thing. I'm going to be Chewbacca for a week or whatever the heck you want to call yourself. I don't care. For two days, this is how I'm going to live my life. And again, you do you. You spend your money on what you want to spend your money on. But is it fair that if people want that experience, they have to pay the $6,000? So I don't think fair has anything to do with it. Then what's the word I'm looking for? Because I think you know where I'm going. I'm just not coming up with the words. Yeah. Is it? It feels a little bit price gougy and a little bit predatory to me, maybe. <laughs> I think that's a good way to put it. Is it's, it's taking advantage of a fandom. Yeah. Of It's taking, it's taking advantage of a... What? A dedication to a movie genre movie franchise franchise even more so than disney takes advantage of disney loyalty and that's big 
like saying, "Hey, come spend six grand for two days at the Star Wars hotel," is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and and it, is it a situation where it's like, yeah, we have this really cool hotel, and it's going to cost you six thousand dollars for two days, and if you don't. Can you really call yourself a Star Wars fan? Right. I mean, there uh, all me, true Star Wars fans do this exactly. To me, there is a little bit of that, and yeah. I don't know that I appreciate that. Of course, I don't know that I would. I okay, no, I would not pay that much money for no. that experience. No, and I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan. Not as not as big as some, but I I wouldn't pay six grand for that. No, no, and we talked about that already. Okay, so yeah. what's the third okay. thing that that our non-news podcast wants to talk about with news. <laughs> okay, so we have been harping on this and harping on this and harping on this ever since it rolled out, basically, because it's dumb. And we will expound on that more. Also, in 2024, park reservations are going away. Yay! Yay! So, how big of an impact do you think park reservations had? What was the downside of park reservations? Um, you mean besides the fact that they completely destroy any sort of spontaneity in a vacation? Yeah, that's the biggest piece, I think. But when we've gone to Disney in the past, we've basically had reservations to the different parks. We knew where we were going and when. That's not reservations, that's planning. Right. So as a planner, are you going to notice anything different? I know we never went when there were reservations in place, but would we have noticed a difference in the way we plan or the things that we do? I don't know. I mean, the the thing that seemed so restrictive to me is that like in the past when we've gone and there were no re- uh, reservations – If we had decided that we wanted to change our plan the day of, we could have. Right. Where with park reservations, that might be possible. But it might not. But it might not be. Yeah, and I think the bigger thing for me with the park reservations is no park. Well, when they first rolled out, there was no park hopping at all. Mm -hmm. And then when they allowed park hopping, it was only after 2 p.m. Mm -hmm. That's really restrictive. It really is. And you don't necessarily go to Disney to be restricted. No. Well, and I think part of that, too, is like with some of the virtual queues for things like that. If you're going to, some of those to get into the virtual queues, you have to be in the park. Right. Well, if you can't hop until after two and the virtual queue line opens up at one, that's a problem. Right. Yeah, you miss out on all the things that you kind of want to do. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes it to where it's impossible to like go to Epcot for breakfast mm-hmm. and then over to Magic Kingdom for the afternoon. Right. If you wanted to do that. That's not really my trip style, but you couldn't do that if you wanted to. And that just, it felt very off to me. Mm-hmm. And I get it from a, a crowd management perspective and a capacity management perspective. Staffing perspective, that kind of thing. I get it. Yeah. I do. And they did the best with what they could with what they had. Yeah, do you think that's going away because staffing is starting to come back to normal levels again? Do you think they're like, okay, this was we're not getting as big a benefit out of this as we thought we would. Our staffing levels are back close to what they were pre-pandemic, so we we maybe don't need to do this anymore. I I think it was more of an outcry of the fan base. 
Okay. I really do because I don't know I don't know that I've ever heard a positive thing about park reservations. Right. Everybody just really because it's super restrictive. And if you think about it, it's like, okay, well that's taking away some of the magic of Disney. And that's extreme to say that. But Yeah. Well, Chapik did a lot of that. Ugh. Chapik took away a lot of the magic in some of the things that he did. He did. And so I think some of that is also almost a recovery effort. Mm-hmm. Like damage control, recovery. It's like, okay, we're done with that. We can move on. We can get past this. Please come back. Yeah. I, I think your spot or what you said about... No, I'm going to have trouble remembering what you what you said. Um, oh, when you said the you've not heard anything positive about the the park reservations, the most positive thing I've heard people say is that it didn't really impact me. Yeah, that and that's negative. Mm-hmm. Like if that's the most positive thing you've ever heard about it, it's not a great idea. No. Oh, it doesn't impact me. Great. Let's cement that policy for everybody. Ugh. <laughs> Can we not? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm excited that the, the park reservations is going away. And next, when we go on our next Disney trip, we're just plain not going to have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And that's one less thing to have to plan around. Mm-hmm. The dining plan coming back to Disney World is exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder if Disneyland will consider any kind of a dining plan. They did have one a few years ago, and it wasn't like a dining plan, dining plan, dining plan. Because Disneyland and Disney World are so different. Right. In scope alone. Um, But they were doing something like, I think they were calling it Magical Mornings or something like that, where it was early park entry and then like breakfast. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see if they roll out anything, but I don't think they really need to. No. Yeah, and Disneyland is so much smaller, too, mm-hmm. that they really, like, the dining plan is there to, I think it's there to help plan, but it's also there to draw more people in. Mm-hmm. Disneyland doesn't need that. No. They're busy enough without it, just primarily with locals to Southern California, mm-hmm. yet alone those vacationers that come in. So yeah, that is the three big news things that we wanted to talk about today in our non-news podcast. Is there anything else you want to chat about, Candace? Not that I can think of. I can't think Except of anything. I'm really excited to plan our next trip now. Yeah. It's I'm we're we're still trying to decide if that's going to be later this year or if it's going to be next year or when that's going to be but we are both i i think this all of this news and all of this changing is helping us kind of jones for disney a little bit cuz we haven't been since 2019 mm-hmm. the closest we've been is marceline and that's just not the same but we're so we're still kind of debating that and talking about that but yeah so thank you again for listening we just wanted to share some quick tidbits of of the big news that's happening our our goal is to not do this very often even though it feels like it's been two of the last three episodes have been news episodes big stuff is happening so we just wanted to talk about it anything else candace before we sign off Okay. Remember, everyone, there is an absolutely great, big, beautiful tomorrow. And we'll see you real soon.